0: And there we are, com, And um, again, uh, back-to-back guest episodes. All right, you folks, uh, you just heard uh, Catherine Imani with land initiatives and legislation that she's writing and working on out there and her um, past activism uh, standing up to the Klan on Stone Mountain back in 2014. And now, uh, folks have heard me say the name um, from... Uh, uh, from Patreon and from comments here and there and from posts and uh, Facebook pages. We've said Mo Loco um, out of Australia. And uh, and uh, h- h- how do you want to be addressed on the program? Name, nickname, anything?
1: Yeah, let's go with Mo. My real name is Maureen Krasnov. That's my doctor name. But everywhere else I get called Mo and I'm pretty happy with that.
0: All right, there we go. And um, And yes, folks heard that doctor, right, like, uh, professional person here, knows the deal, and, um, and had a post on Facebook, a lengthy post, with a lot of information, and I was trying to read through it, but of course, like, on break, it works, it's like, well, I gotta get up and run back to the floor, and I was like, uh, it's like, could, um, is there more information on this, and, um, yeah, like, the floor is yours to, uh, break down what that is going on with healthcare out there.
1: Yeah, great. So I'll just start with a little bit of a background of who I am as a doctor. So I'm five years out from medical school, so I'm a fully qualified doctor, but I'm in GP training to become what you guys would call a family physician, I think. Um, we call it a general practitioner or a GP. So I'm early on in my training, but I'm in a few Facebook groups with GPs who have been doing it for you know, 30, 40 years. And in the last couple of weeks, a big topic of conversation has been um, Medicare, which is our universal healthcare system, um, and GPs being targeted for potential audits and potential repaying of Medicare rebates. So, essentially, the money that they get from the government for treating patients, um, due to the government cracking down on what's called co-billing. So, there's different codes that you that you use to bill. Um, what we call a bulk build appointment. That means there's no out-of-pocket cost to the patient. Um, and typically, most consultations are going to be what's called a 23. That comes to $38.20, so anywhere from 6 minutes to 20 minutes of a GP's time. Um, and that covers most consultations. You know, you come in for a sore throat or you need an IUD or... Um, a referral to a rheumatologist whatever that's usually going to be covered by a 23 or if it's 21 to 40 minutes a 36 which is slightly more money um, but there are also specific items for things like antenatal care, pregnancy care and also mental health care and that's the crackdown that's happening at the moment is that GPs have been billing um, both a physical health consult, for example you know, checking your blood pressure, realising it's high and starting you on tablets as well as in the same appointment, a mental health consult where, you know, maybe you're talking about your depression, maybe we're adjusting your meds, maybe we're referring you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, and that nets the doctor, the GP, a little bit more money. Um, it would come to, uh, I think it's $72 and change for um, for one of these mental health consults. So if you add them together, you know, that's over $100 for... Um, you know, a 20 to 40 minute appointment where your GP has discussed both a physical health issue or multiple and uh, and a mental health issue. What the government wants is for us to stop seeing people for two things at once. Their Medicare benefits schedule is the uh, the document that outlines all the rules by which we should bill and not bill um, our patients when we're bulk billing them or when we claim a rebate from the government and possibly privately pay and so 341 GPS in the last couple of weeks better telling them that they are statistical oh it's that uh, they're co billing too many mental and physical oh
0: excuse me it's uh it's breaking up a little bit let's we're gonna, let's pause for a second and then here could, could you run back maybe about like the past 30 seconds of what you said?
1: Sure. So I was saying that GPs typically co-bill if they see a mental health consult and a physical health issue within the same the same appointment. So like I was saying, you might come in with high blood pressure, we'll deal with that, but at the same time you've got depression and we need to adjust your meds or we need to refer you to you know, a psychologist, for example. Um, and by co-billing, by billing two different codes for the same appointment, which is usually going to be a pretty long one if we're discussing multiple issues, you know, then the GP is getting paid maybe $100 an hour, or um, $100 for 40 minutes instead of the $38.20 um, that they would get for their 20-minute appointment. So it helps keep general practice viable to co-bill um, because, of course, the GP doesn't keep all of their billings. They have to give a proportion to the practice that they're working in for administrative fees, etc. Um And... I don't know any GPs who are struggling financially, but certainly compared to our surgeon friends, we're not in the uh, the hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars a year. So really, I think it's very unfair that the government is targeting GPs in this way. And the letters themselves cause a lot of stress and distress. And I've seen that playing out among GPs for the last couple of weeks, that they are no longer billing these items even when they're entitled to them. Um, or they're faced with the prospect of potentially having to say to their patient. Look, I'm sorry We can only deal with one issue. You're gonna to have to come back another day which of course Disproportionately affects people with disabilities people who are working full-time and trying to hold together a single family for example a single parent family um, It really is it just makes no sense for the, the government to want to separate these into separate consults and the skeptics among us think maybe the government just wants the patient to kind of go away and forget about it and never come back to, um, you know, to, to cost the government that rebate if that makes sense.
0: Excuse me did did you uh, did you see this coming um, with like um, any of the relatively recent uh, political activity going on uh, past elections? Was this kind of predictable or is it more surprising?
1: Um. It's a little of both. And I guess the more politically savvy people who maybe have been in general practice for longer will have seen it coming. There's been a progressive uh, tightening, I guess, of the Medicare rules around billing. Um, We have a conservative liberal, we call them the Liberal National Party, but they're the conservatives. um, And they want, you know, dirt cheap healthcare that keeps their voters happy, but they don't really want to pay for it is the sense that we get. And so they sent out a bunch of these letters, um, I think, last year to GPs who were among the top opioid prescribers. But, of course, they didn't notice that they were sending them often to palliative care specialist GPs who see, you know, dying patients who need morphine or need oxycodone or whatever. You know, they just they haven't thought these through. Or if they have, then they really don't care about the harm that they're causing.
0: Hmm. Well, episodes like this. Tend to get more downloads than usual, and it's clearly going to get more downloads in Australia after I um, tag it and title it and post it. So, um, are there any politicians in particular that you would name to say <laughs> this one needs to be voted out and replaced with someone more progressive? In uh, any politicians?
1: Oh God, yeah. So first off, is our prime minister? He's a Pentecostal. Uh conservative who I believe is anti-abortion but hasn't tried to attack it in this term he's anti action on climate change he's anti he's he's anti you know everything that you and, and the program and, and myself as well kind of would want in a society you know a, a more left-leaning um, more just society um, so I'm just hoping so much that our our country comes to our senses and votes him out but Greg Hunt is the health minister who has a lot of power in this realm um, so yeah Greg Hunt would be one to to pile on or vote out
0: okay let me make a note Greg Hunt is the health minister and the one you want mm-hmm. to uh, get rid of Greg Hunt health minister Typing and then on the, the prime the minister
1: is Scott Morrison and we hate him <laughs>
0: Scott Morrison, Prime Minister. Yeah, I'm going to spend some hours in this room today getting to work. <laughs> I have some reading
1: yeah, to Yeah, I'm sure you'll be busy. Well, um, the Labor government—sorry, oh, the Labor Party—which has been in government before, we tend to switch between, I guess, like America does as well, between the Dems and the Republicans. Um, the Labor Party is a somewhat more left-leaning but really quite moderate um, uh, alternate party within the sort of two-party system and they have come out against these letters saying that they are a scare tactic that, you know, are unfairly unfairly targeting GPs and they want some change. So that's quite hopeful and there's a lot of advocacy happening at like a national level I guess with uh, our Australian Medical Association and our College of GPs but really this Government has just been encroaching and encroaching and encroaching on. I'm not super aware of of what they're like with other medical specialties, but certainly for GPs, um, we've had a Medicare freeze on the rebates for years, which was finally lifted. So we went from I think thirty four dollars in 2010 to thirty eight twenty for that most common number twenty three billing code that I mentioned. Um, so like I said, GPs aren't You know, they're not starving, they're not getting turned out of their homes, but they're not making the kind of money that people think they are. Um, And they're not being greedy here. They really just want the opportunity to treat the patient as a whole person. You know, you've got a brain and a heart and lungs and a liver, and if anything happens in any of those, it's going to affect your whole body. So, you know, that that mind-body disconnect is, is just such an old theory of duality.
0: Hmm. So like uh, now, I, I truly am, by the definition of the term, an ignorant person. So so I'm being educated here, and I That's hope some. Not true. <laughs> oh yeah, I am um, like the the way I went into adulthood. I'm moving through it as a series of touching hot stoves and just figuring out uh, which way to go <laughs> and what to avoid. So it's interesting. So general practitioner yeah. though. <laughs> Yeah, the the GP is the the whole human body, and so like a specialist would just be like, oh, ear, nose, and throat or something like that?
1: Exactly, exactly. And of course, GPs are specialists in their own right. They're specialists in general practice, but sometimes we call the other specialists partialists because they deal with your bones or your heart or, uh, you know, neurologists, they deal with your brain, but they're not they're not doing that holistic care in quite the same way as GPs are.
0: Huh. Yeah. So it's like, so the GPs like more broad ranging. It it makes me think like, um, makes me think in an analogy, like to folks like us as content creators where it's like, well, I've got to do some environmentalism over here, but also we have police brutality there. And my goodness, we have corruption in this political system there. It's like we're doing the whole body. And if I was to just be a specialist and just say Democrats good, Republicans bad, then it's like, then the big corporate checks roll in. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And you know, a whole podcast that focuses on a, you know a leftist take on environmental stuff is great. But I I love your podcast because you do cover so many issues that really relate to social justice in every single way. And you know, I guess an analogy would be um, uh, feminism. You know, you can be intersectional or you can be Jermaine Grier.
0: Yeah. And I and, and I I take the I, I take the um the opportunities to to interact with folks whenever I can. We um there's an old thread back on the uh, Facebook. I don't even remember whose page it was on, but uh, someone was asking like, um, how do you spread these ideas? And I thought, uh, just make it casual. Like when I'm I'm in the workplace, like I'm right in the belly of um of what we call supply side economics, coming from our Ronald Reagan administration in the 1980s where it's just um, right. overproduce, flood the market, hope it sells, right? It goes to the big name store first, doesn't sell there, go to Walmart, doesn't sell there, go to Family Dollar, go to the dollar store, you know, just overproduce. Yeah, And, um, yeah. and yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So when I'm around workers and I see a new machine coming in, I'll be like, hey, you know what that machine's going to do? That person who's doing that job making those boxes, that machine's going to replace that person and they're going to be out of work. And they're like, "Oh, that's messed up."
1: You know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And if if they're you know if they're not as politically aware as you, maybe they're not seeing that coming in the slightest, which is just you know terrible for them.
0: Yeah. So you you, you just uh, you let them know like uh, like uh, someone was saying, um, "Oh no, it's it, I know it's all rigged. I don't care about voting, but it's like I always remind people that we have school board." And then think about things like um, raising the minimum wage. And um, I was uh, talking to a, a a woman at work, and uh, and I was like, you know, raising the minimum wage could also help um, women get out of abusive relationships. And she was like, are there candidates in favor of that? I was like Bernie Sanders. It's like I'm gonna look into that. And yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So you're spreading that kind of class consciousness.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I love doing that at work. That's why I like um, I like the position I'm in as a machine worker because I get to move to different rooms and interact with different people more than when I was on the line and I'm just stuck in a spot and I could just what, gotta yell across, hey, yeah. hey, populism, hey.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You get the chance to mingle with people who, you know, need to know who actually of the candidates is there for them.
0: Yeah. Now, like, is there anyone out there that you would endorse?
1: Uh, I am a Bernie Sanders fan. Um, Ah. From what I've read, I think Elizabeth Warren is not bad either. Obviously not Joe Biden, not (laughs) fucking Bloomberg, not, I don't even know how to say his name, but a gig, but a gage, but a, you know, but a no.
0: I still, I cannot believe that His parents, like living in America, knowing the language and knowing how their last name is spelled, and making his first two initials PP. I, I think this is the third time I've mentioned that. I need to retire it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right though. You're right though. Parents can be very cruel in the way they name their children.
0: Like, what about in Australia? Any um, any candidates out there or, uh, or folks that you think maybe should give it a run?
1: Yeah, so I tend to vote Greens. Um, that's a minority party that's very pro-environment, pro-social justice, pro-Indigenous um, land rights and restoring, you know, human rights in general to Indigenous communities here, Um to be honest, I don't know who the current candidates are. The leader of the Greens party, Dr. Richard Di Natale, has just stepped down to spend more time with his family. Um, and I actually haven't even looked recently to see if they've chosen his successor. I guess they would have by now. Um, but Senator Larissa Waters is great. Um, there, uh, there's Adam Bant, B-A-N-D-T. He seems quite good. So for me, I, my usual impulse is to vote for the Greens. Um, Unless there's an independent candidate who seems to really know what they're doing.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, and um. And let, let, let's see now. Uh. Back. Because I know there's more information. Because you typed a lot in that original post. Like, is there anything that we're uh, missing from that that update in healthcare? Well, so
1: that post. That post I copied and pasted most of it. It was a letter written by the Australian Psychology Association. Basically, coming out in support of their colleagues, the GPs who refer to them for, you know, for psychological treatments, and basically saying, you know, what is happening now is wrong. Mind-body disconnect, you know, when it comes to funding and, and the structure of, of of the healthcare system is wrong. And really, our our patients with mental illnesses, particularly serious mental illnesses, are at the most risk for physical health problems, either as a result of the meds they're on lack of spoons to, you know, live um, a lifestyle that's more conducive to health, um, lack of funds to pay for medication, to pay for expensive doctor's appointments, to pay for the bus to get to the appointment. You know what I mean? So so going back to this Medicare thing, you know, forcing people to take multiple appointments, you know, they might be catching three buses to see their GP, and why should they have to do that twice when one one longer appointment that the government should pay for would, would survive.
0: Huh. Now, is there any way that you know of that this is, um, impacting Aboriginal folks specifically?
1: Um, yes. So there's different funding models in Australia for, um, certain healthcare provision to Aboriginal communities and, and Aboriginal people in in cities, as well as regional towns and smaller communities. Um, My understanding is that they get block funding um, and so they're somewhat less reliant on the Medicare um, rebate uh, I guess complexity of those rules Um, but definitely you know for any indigenous patient they're less likely to have the money to you know to go and see the GP multiple times Um, they're often uh, under a lot of stress at home, you know, for example, Aboriginal children are more like likely to be exposed to ACEs, those Aboriginal, oh, sorry, those um, adverse childhood experiences like losing a loved one, parental parental divorce, um, having a loved one in prison, all those sorts of things. So it really all feeds right back into that perpetuating perpetuating a cycle of disadvantage. Um, and I think so you know for the Aboriginal people that do see. A GP outside of an Aboriginal medical service, specifically, um, they will absolutely be affected by this.
0: Hmm. All right. Kind of uh, now, kind of making a wild left turn here. I um, I'm approaching thirty-seven years old, and maybe in a depending on how things go, in a few years, I might be able to afford to go like to a doctor, like just well in general. And um, like, I haven't been to one just in general like that since 1997. So like,
1: it's oh my god. Like, what,
0: so like, what would you recommend? Should I like seek out a general practitioner like uh, like what you do, or uh, yeah? What should yeah. I do?
1: I would I would suggest you start with a family doctor. You know, a general practitioner or family physician, family medicine. Doctor, whatever they're calling themselves in the US, because they can identify those multiple problems that hopefully aren't there. But you know, they'll check your blood pressure and your cholesterol and your, you know, um, your, they can do a skin check. They can't. You know, they can do. They can do the primary care level of everything that you need. And then if there's something they can't manage, then that's when they'll refer you to a cardiologist or a rheumatologist or or whoever, you know, for a specific problem. But really, GPs and family physicians have a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge, um, and there's a lot of conditions that they're more than capable of, of treating just, you know, within that setting without having to escalate you with a referral, if that makes sense. Mm.
0: Escalate you with a referral. But, so- yeah, I
1: think if I was, yeah, you know, sending you on to someone who's more specialized in a specific area, you um, you know, because not everyone with high blood pressure needs to see a cardiologist. You know, you try, a, you try one medication, you add another one, you, you modify your diet a bit, and often then, you, you know, it's only the really difficult cases where you can't control the blood pressure, for this example, um, that you would refer to a cardiologist for, you know, tweaking of meds and, and maybe investigation of what's underlying it.
0: My goodness. Sorry, just drinking some water. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I, I I love this. This is incredibly constructive. Like I, yeah, this is why I I hey, love I'm guests. So glad. Yeah, you, you professional folks come on here, and you're outstanding. You know, um, we've had folks r- running for Congress. Um, the the individual that yeah, helps a lot. I love.
1: the a guy you've had on there, Anthony Clark. Anthony Clark. I think. Yeah, I love listening to him. You.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a cool light skinned brother right there. I like that guy. And there's not a lot of Absolutely. guys. Absolutely, I, like. I like him too. Yeah. Yeah. So, geez, th- this is good. And you said you you've been in this for five years.
1: Yeah. So I finished med school and started working five years ago. Um, I've been in general practice training since last year, just ticking off some more hospital time. So I'm not out in the GP setting, you know, the family doctor practice that you would go to kind of setting yet, but that's where I'll be heading in the next couple of years once I've got all the skills that I need to get in those, you know, those bigger hospitals. Um, Then I'll be right out in the community and, and planning to move to a place called Broome in Western Australia, which is a town of, I think, Fifteen to thirty thousand people, depending on tourist season, um, and has a really high Aboriginal population, which is great because I'm really passionate about helping to close the gap until we have enough Indigenous doctors to, you know, to do a better job than I ever can. Essentially, you know, at looking after Aboriginal people and having that cultural understanding. Um, in the meantime, there's there's people like me who have good intentions and are willing to do
0: the work to learn whatever i need to learn to you know to service that population and man see you're just uh, you're just you're gonna be a superhero far as i'm concerned you just you're gonna be oh, a, oh, out there saving you. folks
1: I, if I go that far
0: <laughs> all right getting so a, no, i
1: do really look forward to being out there
0: yeah getting a little casual um now i remember i think um you contacted me via facebook i think it was like late 2016 do you remember how you came across um, the program or our page what you saw
1: first i do my friend sophia must have shared something of yours and then it might have been social dissonance it might have been the podcast but somehow i stumbled down the rabbit hole and i've been listening to your podcast ever since and just love it to stay up to to date, with politics, international news, sex workers' rights, trans people's rights, um, I've definitely been a longtime fan. Now, it's, I guess we're going on four years.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I just uh, when I, I started this thing, I I didn't really know where it was going. I just, uh, but then when you start reading the news stories, you start really getting mad at the injustice, and then you go to search and you start looking for related stories. And then um, a 15-minute weekly program becomes 30 minutes a day of ranting about this. And then I meet Phoenix, and she's like, you're, you're mad too? I'm also angry about this. Let's yell about it together. <laughs> and um, now we're... Absolutely.
1: I'm so glad that that happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now we're married, and her Bernie Sanders earrings are coming in the mail.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, I just I look up to
0: Phoenix so much. I think she's so wonderful. Yeah, and um, and you know, I'll I'll just because I I I've, we said at the beginning of the program, um, uh, you you uh, you support via the Patreon, and yeah, when your Patreon uh, came in, and I was looking at it, and then like more folks around you coming in, I was like, Phoenix, you might be able to quit the job at the church, and so you folks actually got her out of that abusive job at that church. Away from the people that adopted her when she was a kid. She lives in another town now. Um, She's uh, hired to swap, uh, gets a stipend there, does the podcast, does the swapcast. And now she's interviewing, hoping to get a promotion. So, yeah, like, and doing the podcast and folks supporting got Phoenix away from just a belly of abusers. Thank you.
1: I'm so glad. I'm so, oh, thank you. I'm so glad. and, And thanks for saying that. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's absolutely worthwhile, and um, one of my favorite causes to support. You know, the the news that you guys spread, the comments, the humor—it's all just great.
0: Yeah, and there there might be more that uh, that Ben Shapiro, who I call sectional that clown. Oh
1: gosh! Yeah, he is a fucking numpty, as we would say in Australia. Do you use that term, numpty? Numpty, what is that? so a numpty is now how do i say this without using an ableist term a numpty is kind of a fuckwit do you use the term fuckwit yes yes so a numpty is is like a a polite version of a fuckwit
0: that's nice um one that i did and and i didn't hear this you
1: can say to your grandma william
0: (laughs) to your grandma (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, you wouldn't call someone a, a fuckwit in front of your grandma, but you could say Nazi and she'd probably smile. Hmm.
0: Well then uh, you know a funny thing is about the like the, the grandma idea, like in um in westernized culture as we know it, like as I'm going over these clips, because it is really hard uh doing this black women in hip hop history, I'm realizing oh these rappers were like older Gen Xers when I was listening to them, and um, and one of them was like, "Oh yeah, my grandkids get surprised when they see me on YouTube rapping. They know me as Grandma baking cookies. <laughs> so uh, we're going into the That's age amazing. of <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like we're now in a generation where Grandma was a gangster rapper." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so good. Well, you know, I have a friend who became a grandma at the age of thirty-four. So grandmas grandmas can be cool. Grandmas can be hip. They can be hot. You know, I'm not gonna go as far as calling anyone a gilf but uh, they do exist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, what you say, grandma at the age of thirty four, see and Phoenix is um and thirty is thirty seven and recently got her hair done purple.
1: Oh, I think I saw that. I loved it, but it's not ground. It's not violet. It's not that kind of grandma gray wash. It looks. It looks hot. Phoenix doesn't look like a gilf. She's more like a. Well, I don't know if I can call her a milf, but you know, (laughs) Phoenix is hot.
0: (laughs) And then the episodes just go in that direction. Like I remember, we
1: had it's one. You couldn't join us.
0: <laughs> we had a a fun one on where um the guest was on. It's it's one of my favorite ones because it's um when the Skype was working correctly and she's just on there knitting and um just tangentially goes into oh a story God. of talking about having sex outside in the woods. Like and that was our first date, and now <laughs> we've been married about twenty five years. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, this is lovely. It's the wow. wine cellar. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. I love that. I should learn to knit.
0: Yeah, my, my clumsy fingers just won't let me do it. I just, I drop everything. I I have the, uh, just the worst, clumsiest hands.
1: Oh, no. And you're a machinist. Somehow you make it work.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the tools help. The wrenches help because they give you, um... They give you more purchase because now you can grip something with your whole hand. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to do the meticulous yeah. part. Yeah, that's so why I can keep- Well, I
1: find that I've got good hands, but I have terrible spatial ability. And if you think about it, knitting requires, you know, some spatial ability. You're kind of moving in 3D, which I guess is what we're doing in our lives at all times. But, I, but there's certain things that I find very difficult to uh, wrap my brain around, you know, physical tasks. Like knitting,
0: like knitting yeah Phoenix like um, I think she has what, what folks call muscle memory and so re- really all she needs to do is yeah. just look at a pattern and she can rock it like the most one of the most amazing I think um, I'll call it the second second most amazing thing that I just saw like just out of the corner of my eye while having a conversation was she couldn't find her hat so she just grabbed a a roll of yarn and in like thirty minutes, just made a hat, and she was like, "All right, let's go to the store."
1: Oh my god! Wow, that's amazing. And that's then, such a talent.
0: Yeah, and the other one before that, I'd say, is my biological sister back in Florida, and um, th- this is a, a common thing. I know it's um. Uh, among um, a lot of folks, but uh, especially Black women in America, is alopecia, where uh, hair falls out. And um, so my biological oh, yeah. sister, yeah. We, we recently had um, Ayanna Presley, a uh, member of Congress. Um, she took her wig off, and she has.
1: Oh yes, she took off her wig, and she's a fucking goddess. Yes. Oh, now are we allowed to swear on your show? Because I I, I seem to have been doing that.
0: <laughs> oh oh oh! All day. Yeah. Pull out the oh, big good. ones. Good. <laughs> I
1: couldn't remember if there was something about YouTube banning squares.
0: You know? Oh no! You know what? Uh, and, and this one, um, th- this one is going to go straight to podcast, so we don't have to worry about YouTube. Where they delete our videos is when, um, and folks know we have the trigger warnings. When I'm talking about rape culture and I say we just need to kill this guy, that's when YouTube deletes mine.
1: Uh, when you when you say that rapists make good fertilizer?
0: Yes. That's when it has to go. And um, something else I saw. It's another yeah. one that I saw that yeah. took about, it took about 30 minutes. And my biological sister who has alopecia, she, um, she pulled like some hair weave out of a couple of bags and had like a stocking cap or something. And she just has a comb and some supplies. And then when I turn back and look again, she has made a wig. And I'm like, it this Wow, like, you could be selling those for fifty bucks. But she just made it for herself.
1: That's amazing. Some women just the things that they can do and you know, it frustrates me that a lot of a lot of these skills and talents are seen as soft skills or talents, or they're seen as, you know, domestic skills or talents. And they're not valued in the same way as I don't know, an engineer who can create a building management plan or something, but it's like, no, that shit's fucking hard. And they've spent years learning it. You know, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. This stuff like, uh, like folks could even um, look at Phoenix and I, and it's like, uh Phoenix's labor matters big time. It's like, yeah, sure. I'm, um, I'm out there chucking boxes and moving the machine parts around. But when you consider my able bodied privilege, it's like, I'm getting paid to go to the gym for a day. You know, while Phoenix is like, "Well, look True. at yeah, True. it's like, look at what she's doing. She's educating people on sex workers' rights, and with histoplasmosis and chronic pain, she's walking through washington d c and going to Seattle and Washington State and doing an outreach and uh, like that's that's some labor, but folks don't see that labor,
1: absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more, absolutely. And I just hope her feed answers for these days.
0: Yeah, and I think um, you, um, you, you, and um, you, you, and your your spouse. I don't know. Are you you married? Or
1: we are getting married in three hundred and sixty three days.
0: That is that is a hardcore countdown.
1: Especially a year from a couple of days ago. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just we're, we're getting married on the twentieth of February next year
0: okay and to my understanding, you're um like a activists out there too. You get involved in in some some action.
1: We do our best we um we do our best we definitely try and put our money where our mouth is because we have you know we have a lot of financial privilege in that sense um and we'll go to protests, particularly um you know aboriginal rights or indigenous rights protests or climate change protests um I, I, I can't call myself, I don't think I can call myself an activist. I'm not an organizer, but I do really try and get out there and physically, as well as, you know, I guess mentally and financially support um, those causes and, and those organizers, particularly when they come from a marginalized group that, you know, that needs to be leading the effort, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I gotta I gotta respect the organizer. I remember um, hearing on Black Agenda Radio a Weekly podcast I listened to, and um, they were they were angry about how the word organizer kind of gets um just bandied about kind of loosely, and they were like, if you're a- after the event. You gotta be collecting emails, collecting phone numbers, and then taking your next day off to call and contact people and let them know when the next event is gonna be. Like that's organizing, you know, not just uh yeah just hanging that's
1: out. So true. Yeah, you can get all these people in the streets to protest with you, but if you don't like build on that momentum, then you're not really organizing shit, are you? I never thought of that that way. Yeah, it's
0: like um, like our Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out of uh, New York um, when she won the corporate media like they not even a Freudian slip. They were actually just straight up honest. They said, yeah, we didn't do our homework on her, so we're going to cover her tomorrow. They literally postponed news coverage. Oh, they- my
1: God. And then, they just never saw it coming, and I just pray, well, not that I pray, but if I did, I would pray that this next election in the U.S. brings in an actual leftist, you know? Yeah,
0: it would be neat, and their their narrative was that she came out of nowhere, and so she posted a picture of her shoes on the Twitter, and uh, they were really beat up, and she was like, these are the shoes I wore going door-to-door uh, campaigning. I just out-hustled the competition.
1: That's right. I remember that they didn't. They were like, "Oh, look at this! We've got a young woman. Maybe they voted for her because she's pretty." Like, no, numpties. She's a politician who has lived, you know, a life outside of privilege and has earned these votes. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah, there you are. Earned the vote. I think that the Democrats forgot about that. Like, they, they just rely on... Um, well, just- the
1: Democrats forget that they need to earn the vote. They think, you know, blue no matter who. And they're just fucking it up every time. I I couldn't believe that Trump won when he won. You know, I just... I didn't think that a whole country could be so... So... Again, how do I say this without saying anything ableist? Do you know what I mean?
0: Uh, Jack knuckled fuck sticks I guess What's that? I go with uh, jack knuckled fuck sticks
1: Jack knuckled fuck sticks There we go I like that one too I'll have to tell my grandma about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be 97
1: in December My grandma 97 Yeah can you imagine I can't can't really imagine (laughs) Being that old. Yeah, I don't know. And like... It, and but actually, you has got the time for me to tell you. We have a really neat story about her father, my great-grandfather. Yes. Uh, he grew up in Russia or the Ukraine. You know, borders kind of changed all the time in those days, I think. Um, and he was Jewish. His whole family was. And his father... His last name was Cusack, kind of like Cossack, the Cossack army of the Russians. Mm-hmm. So his father had been like a pretty unwilling soldier all his life, being a Jew in a time when Jews weren't allowed to like own property, get education. Most of them didn't even speak Russian. They only spoke Yiddish. So anyway, my great-grandfather Charles, um, his parents had helped him rub saltpeter into his eyes to cause damage to his corneas so that he wouldn't be drafted into the army. But when he got to about 12, they were still worried and pogroms were heating up, you know, where where village people would come and basically burn out um, a Jewish family. And so they packed him off. They taught him his trade, which was to be a tailor. We were talking about knitting before. There's there's obviously some sewing in my family. Um, They packed him off to Canada, and it took him two years to work his way across alone as a 12 to 14-year-old. Um, He finally made it to Canada, from Canada to Brooklyn, and then set up his family. And um, um, that's how I got my grandma.
0: Whoa. So, in your bloodline is, like, literally part of the origin of the Brooklyn accent.
1: Yes. Yes, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, I never thought of that.
0: Yeah, like on some level, like I grew up when I like I'm from the West Coast, but when I listen to East Coast rappers, part of why I like them is because they sound like one of your family members.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that that New York Brooklyn twang.
0: Yeah, that's so that that's fly. Like that's and that's that's like a that's like a, a class praxis right there. Really, because. That was a a working-class accent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they were, you know, working-class. And and like most kids of immigrants, you know, worked hard. My grandmother became a teacher and taught English as a second language to adult migrants in in New York for decades. And um, all of my grandparents on my dad's – my great-grandparents, sorry, on my dad's side um, were Jewish, were Russian or Ukrainian, Um, mainly spoke Yiddish when they first, you know, got to the U.S. and and I guess lived that American dream that um, is no longer possible.
0: Oh, see, now now I'm thinking of one of my wacky ideas that will never happen, but Class History Month.
1: Yes, that would be great. That would be great.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Absolutely. If, it, if it's only one month a year, you get 11 months of prep time. That's true. What month should we do it? Oh, my goodness. Ooh, Class History Month. Huh, you know what? What month has Labor Day in it? I know Labor Day is an American holiday. Huh. All right. And th- this is how we yeah, do I the watch. Yeah, I think we
1: have color. one, too. Is it March or May that it happens in? Labor Day. Labor America. Day.
0: Let's take a look here. Uh, ooh, September 7th.
1: I was wrong. <laughs> but September seems like a good month to do it. Class History Month, September 2020.
0: Class History Month. Well, let me make another note. <laughs> will type that in.
1: <laughs> Class History Month. Giving you homework to do, William.
0: Right, yeah, and I have to make a, um, Oh, goodness. This is what we do like. uh, So at my job, the way I look at it, as long as I'm going to keep working here, if Phoenix gets that promotion, I might jump to a different factory. But as long as I'm here, the way I think is I'm not working for the wage I'm getting today, but for the raise I'm going to get next spring. And so I get involved in these committees and uh, I have to entertain the cis men. And make them a foosball tournament for employee engagement.
1: Oh,
0: yep. So that they oh can. Oh my
1: goodness! Well, th- I remember when you posted something about the meal that they were, you know, so kindly giving their employees for like Christmas or something, like oh, yeah. all pizza parties. You know, all of these little Band-Aid solutions for crap working conditions.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be a part of that. Like there are times when I'm just like, all right, I'm getting real bootlicker adjacent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you'll never be brute you'll never be truly bootlicker Jason. you're um you're too much william j jackson for that
0: you know you know what i do for fun I, I i like to test them out because um i never say the people on the floor or the machine operators i always say the proletariat i'm like well i think the general proletariat oh. on the floor um They might not like that particular activity, and I just see if they'll respond to that word, and I don't think they know it, so I'm going to keep using it. Yes,
1: please. Yeah, I'm surprised that no one's picked up on it, but as you say, do they use that corporate speak at your work, like the whole... I'm going to action this idea. Let's car park that one for now. Oh, my
0: God. Yes. And I don't know any of that stuff. Like, I come from such a blue collar background. Like, I'm always like, yeah, so what's that acronym? And come to find out, they speak in these yeah. acronyms for so many decades, they forget what they are. They're just like, ooh, uh, PMI. Uh, do we have that in the book, Dave? I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll look that up, William. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I guess when you learn a language you forget that other people don't know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and also like me being from the West Coast and now I'm in the Midwest, so now there's like vernacular that I don't get. Like uh like I had to stop a guy yes, and look let... of
1: course.
0: Yeah, because, like, I tell other men, like, I'm not going to, uh, I I, yeah, I just say the words. I say I'm not going to male gaze with you. I'm not going to objectify this woman with you. But, like, <laughs> because I don't yes, know the vernacular, sure. I didn't know that that's what this guy was saying. And uh, a new worker at my job, uh, one of my fellow cis black men, said, uh, yeah, some of them out here slugging it. And I was like, slugging it? Okay. Uh, I, I responded saying, yeah, they work pretty hard. Yeah. And he was like, "No, they got a fat ass dog." And I was like, "I don't do that."
1: Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I don't.
0: I don't talk about women yeah, like that, bro. Yeah,
1: because
0: no, I was like no. slugging it. Um, like I wish more men wouldn't. Like that's where objectifying women. Oh, yeah, I've never has, heard
1: that before.
0: Yeah, like men have so much vernacular for misogyny. It's like, it just put some of that uh, uh, attention and focus to fixing something.
1: Well, it's just like that locker room talk. Like, I remember my brother-in-law answered the phone when he was on his way to the football with a friend. Oh, like with us, us in the car and he was meeting a friend. And all of a sudden it goes from this nice conversation about whatever we were talking about to, oh, yeah, Cam's going to be there. Oh, yeah, he can suck my dick if he wants to. Like, What? Is this how men speak? I just, um, being a lesbian, I, uh, I haven't had that much experience with men. I've had, you know, some. And uh, I was never very good at dating them. I just have never understood men very well. And, um, yeah, I was just really surprised that that's how men talk to each other sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's why, what, it's 2020 now. I have not recreationally... Um, in, interacted with a man since uh, 2014. Like I, I just, I quit. Like I, wow. I can't, I can't hang out with. They're just gonna say that shit. And on some level, I realized that it would probably be more constructive if I did hang out with men, so that there'd be a dissenting opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of checking them on their, um, on their misogyny.
0: Yeah. But then I'd have to be around them to do it. Ugh.
1: I know, and I don't know if it's a sacrifice worth making, William. Men are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Some men. Hashtag not all men.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Is it, isn't it? That's one of those things now. Um, not all men and well, actually. I can't hear those in casual conversation and not chuckle a bit now.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just think infel.
0: Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! And then, given your background that you just gave me, and also Phoenix's background, um, uh, has um the uh, the Jewish faith in that background. Um, are you familiar with this American oh, right. film, uh, Jojo Rabbit?
1: Yes, I watched it just the other night, actually, and I thought it was fantastic. Have you watched it?
0: Yes, but I, I watched it. And, of course, me, I'm tacky. I'm like, this is not as much comedy as I thought it would be. While Phoenix was like, this is a great art piece. And I'm going to watch it again with her. Yes. And now I wish she was up so you two could talk about it. But she's still sleeping right now. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to. you got to let her
1: sleep. But maybe I can come on again. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Come hang out in, in the fact, wine Laura cellar. Laura and I want to visit you when we come to Chicago on our tour of the family because I've got a cousin in Chicago. We'd love to come visit and. Um...
0: Yeah, and oh man, I um, two t- two things uh, in my own internalized toxic masculinity because I, I still have it. You know, I'm I'm not a I'm not cleansed. Is um one like how I work. Like sometimes I'm doing something that may be a bit dangerous, and I could be triggering somebody. And um, the way I was doing some electrical work, I was hanging off the side of a skyjack that was probably about, you know, like two stories oh up. Oh my god! Yeah, and the oh my god, the, the
1: doctor in me is just like broken bones everywhere. <laughs>
0: and the person i was working with um he doesn't know much english but he was able to articulate to me that he didn't like that i was doing that because that's how his father died
1: <laughs> oh oh my god yeah, that's so terrible he,
0: so I, I i don't do that in front of him and i i try not to do it in front of anybody anymore like like just like that's how I work. I I I know where my body weight is shifted. Like I know I have more on the inside than the out, and I have my balance. But I'm, I might be, you know, triggering somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's such a that's such a good thought to have. Yeah. You know how the little things that we do could be triggering anyone at any time, and, and just being aware of all that.
0: And yeah, I know um, my other one is uh, my handshake. They do handshakes and fist fist bumps a lot. And um, yeah, one of the folks with the maintenance department like stopped me, and he was like, "Hey, you hurt my hand there. You're coming in a little too hard." And I'm like, "Up, oh, that that's on me." Oh
1: my god!
0: Yeah, because cause I, yeah. I I get excited. Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, we're working class folks, and we're hardcore." And it's like, no, not everyone's hardcore. We're not a monolith. <laughs>
1: Some people have delicate
0: hands, right? And um, and I do. I think that's a uh, toxic masculinity, and you know I can lighten that up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very self-aware. I, I don't know if I would have thought of that,
0: but I'm glad you do. Yeah. So I think uh, I think we're, we're winding down here. We 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 did well. We hit up uh, 54 minutes. I'd say that's an hour. I can load in an intro, maybe an outro. And right. uh, and make an right. edit at fifty minutes when when Mo Loco made a really funny joke about uh playing Pictionary.
1: That's right, that's right. That funny joke that was inappropriate for the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the internet with less net neutrality. Thanks, Obama.
1: Yeah, fuck me. Yep, and that'll launch me into another tangent. Obama, how everyone just, like, froths over, I don't know if you guys say that, we say froth as in, like, you know, uh, clamors over thinks he's amazing. And everyone just froths over buddy Obama, thinking he was this, like, progressive hero. Meanwhile, you know, the Middle East got bombed to shit. Immigrants got deported.
0: Yeah, they kept Guantanamo Bay open.
1: Yeah, exactly. All that shit. He's not who they think
0: he is. Yeah, it's like it, it like just the, and and like and I, I can see it. I get it. Like tall, skinny, handsome black man tricked you. Like he's a smooth brother. Like I, you could, I could see it when he was campaigning. Like I was just like, oh no. And then I listened to a uh, Black Agenda Radio, um, the podcast I like, and um, and they were talking about how. Like he's in deep with the Chicago exchange, but the Chicago exchange doesn't really get headlines because it's not as big as um, Wall Street in New York, but it's the same system.
1: right? And
0: uh, so Obama was already right. in big money.
1: Right. OK, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but uh, well,
0: that, that, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's why I I need to read as many articles as possible and jump on the microphone as soon as I can, right? Like um yeah, so I have three days off work, already recorded two episodes, and Ray start uploading them. Are you ready to listen to your own voice?
1: Yeah, it's gonna sound so weird and it'll probably sound really Australian, but I'm ready.
0: Yep. All right. So uh you are (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're go- you're gonna hear your own episode uh, before the end of this weekend. All right, so uh, I, th- I think oh, uh, so,
1: before the end of the weekend. Wow, you do get shit out quick.
0: Oh yeah, I gotta get a- yeah, I, I, I gotta get active. Keep keep it going. Get more folks supporting, and maybe one day get myself out of this factory and do it full time.
1: Absolutely, I hope so. I hope so. Well, I'll keep sharing your your podcast, your Patreon trying to get my uh, my equally financially privileged friends to support too and and hopefully we can get you out of there and, and into something that's less backbreaking.
0: Yeah and, and maybe something that'll get folks doing that labor to make that labor less backbreaking and uh, and more and also less bank breaking.
1: Yes <laughs> absolutely what's the minimum wage in Illinois?
0: ooh in Illinois. You see, most of us know the city. I think the city is ten dollars an hour, Illinois state right, minimum right. wage. Because at, at my job, uh, my job has a, um, a minimum for machine operators of fourteen bucks an hour now, which is like, wow, this is not very livable.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So. Illinois- yeah. No, I. I'm sure.
0: The state
1: is 8 dollars. I think our minimum wage over here is about twenty one dollars. And even though like things are a little bit cheaper in the US, especially gas, you know, we definitely have a higher standard of living for um, for people who are on minimum wage, you know, because it is twenty twenty one dollars an hour as far as I know.
0: Whoa. Yeah, it's um eight twenty five yeah. for the state.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, I just don't know how people get by and so many of them don't is the answer.
0: Yeah, well then you that's that's why you hear like at the beginning of the episode I say things like, uh haven't been for to uh to get a checkup since nineteen ninety seven. That's part of the getting by.
1: Yeah, that blows my mind. I just wanna know what your cholesterol levels are and make sure you don't have diabetes. <laughs> Let me see. Um
0: I typically uh have about three soda pops a week pretty much every lunch at work is mostly um dark meat chicken broccoli cauliflower spinach i'll have like a slice of pizza two or three times a week and uh yeah for the most part my diet is pretty boring but given that i haven't been to a doctor in so long there could be be anything wrong yeah
1: yeah yeah well hopefully not hopefully everything checks out once you finally get to that doctor
0: yeah right right now um i just
1: yeah i mean I, yeah i can't i i can i i'll never work as a doctor in america because i just cannot fathom that health system where if you don't have the money you don't get to see a doctor like that just doesn't exist in australia yes there's you know not enough access to gps sometimes yes there's long waiting lists but Everyone gets taken care of and if you go to the emergency department you do not pay a bill. You know, there's it is free and it's always free. Yeah. And I just I just don't understand why there aren't enough people in America making that happen yet. But that's what we need Bernie Sanders or someone for.
0: Yeah. Or it's something else is uh, just to get Bernie Sanders to expose how dirty the game really is, because if Bernie Sanders does get in and let's say he has a Democratic majority in the House and Senate, um, they just won't approve anything like that. So he would have to do everything by executive order. But then the um, the uh, House of Representatives, they can veto it. And if he does something like Medicare for all via executive order and they veto it, then that's the Democratic Party telling on themselves for what they've really been for the past four decades since the Jimmy Carter administration.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, it's considered a mandate. You know, if Bernie Sanders gets in, then that's a sign that American people want Medicare for all
0: yeah yeah get it, get it in and well, I think uh, that's what's good with us having a little bit of the internet that we have left is that people can talk to each other about it and bypass corporate media and um and we can just primary these old candidates, get in there's plenty more Alexandria Ocasio cortez out there ready to run.
1: yeah, absolutely. I just I really hope that we can see that change in the next few years. Because our planet isn't going to survive that much longer unless we drastically change. Not only, you know, health care and education, but but climate change and reducing fossil fuel use and stuff. But um, I'm sure that's a conversation for another day.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, it's 8.07 a.m. Yeah, I need to go ahead and go feed the cats, do the litter box, run the garbage, do some dishes, mop some floor. Yep. choice.
1: That yes, that indeed. Yours. Yep.
0: All right, Mo Loco yep. and um, Ma- L- 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 all right. I'm gonna try this out. I-, I I hope I don't do a terrible job. Maureen Krasnikov?
1: Just Maureen Krasnoff. You made it extra Russian.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and that's Doctor. That's okay. Doctor <laughs> Maureen Krasnoff.
1: It. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes it still blows my mind that I have that title, but it's it's a huge privilege um, to be able to do this work. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, but you also earned that title, right? And aren't you? I think you're like a decade younger than me.
1: Yeah. Well, eight years. I'm going to be 29 in April.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because I think I saw like when, when one of you posted your birthday. And I you no, know, it was Phoenix and I together and we were like, Oh, they're babies. They're babies out saving the world.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. We're still Laura just turned twenty nine. I'm turning twenty nine soon and um, yeah, we're we're not yet yo- we're not young young, but we're definitely not old yet, which is nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. And-, and neither
1: are you. You know. thirty 37 still
0: young enough to do everything you want I hope oh yeah and with, with with my general health privilege that I um, that I, I spoke on in the the recent episode that it's gonna upload before this one is um, like my health privilege I'm probably gonna go a long way and it might look weird and um, I'll, I'll just say it briefly but I do go long form into it um, I know where my health privilege comes from biologically because my biological father is alive right now, walking, talking, kicking around, and he has been an AIDS carrier since 1984.
1: And so, wow! Do you know if he's on treatment?
0: Oh, oh no, no, he he can't afford it. No, nah, because he, um, yeah, heavy, heavy drug addict, uh, crack, cocaine, heroin, uh, methamphetamines, um, wow. uh, yeah, general wow. alcoholism, cigarettes back to back. And he is just kicking around, driving cars, doesn't wear glasses, can see fine. Wow. So, like, the genetics that made that person are in me. So, like, so I understand why I've only been sick twice in my life and why I can kick around like I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky. I have bipolar. So, my mental health, you know, is my main health consent but really physically I'm I'm almost always very
0: healthy. Oh. Yeah, we do got to get you you and Phoenix talking. Yeah, that'll be a excellent healthcare episode. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'd love
0: that. All right, and I'm going to I'm going to go tell her. All right, and I and and remembering <laughs> I have an edit to make at 50 minutes and I will Thank say you. goodbye.
1: I just knew I was on air, and then I was like, can I say this? And then as you say, it's like, well, maybe we won't. <laughs> Not worth it, I guess. All right.
0: All right. You be safe, but okay? Yes,
1: we're going to come visit. We want to hang out and eat a deep pan pizza.
0: Oh, oh, you want to eat that, that stuff that, man, in, enjoy. <laughs> that stuff is thick. I'm, <laughs> I'm too new to it. That is so much bread in one setting.
1: Oh, it sounds amazing. I've seen videos. I've lusted after videos of cheese falling out of pie.
0: Yeah, cheese is... That, that,
1: oh, yeah, when that we get over to the States to visit our family, we'll definitely look you up.
0: Yeah, we're here in Elgin, Illinois. And um, there's only two houses on this street. Great for introverts. and uh, Easy to find.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Sounds great.
0: All right. Be safe out there.
1: Thanks, William. You too. Thanks for uh, a great episode.
0: Yes, indeed. Bye.
1: Bye.